I just loved seeing those Anthem kids in that video. It just warms my heart. Happy Mother's Day, everyone. Uh, I'm, my name is Liz. I'm one of the leaders here at Anthem. And today we are going to be continuing on in our series uh, called Home Improvement. And we're going to be looking at what is probably the biggest home improvement project that any of us will ever embark on, parenting. Uh, we have all been infect, affected by parenting in some way or another. Our parents are probably some of the biggest influencers that we'll ever have in our lives. And whether or not you have children, uh, I just know that all of our lives have been in some way affected by and shaped by parenting. And depending on what your experience growing up may have been, you probably have an image in your mind of what good parenting looks like, maybe an idea of what you think, um, you know, maybe if you are a parent, what you hope that you can bring into your parenting from what you experienced. And there may be things that you experienced as a child growing up that you think, wow, I hope no one ever has to experience that. And you want to do everything you can to, to avoid that in your parenting as, um, as you raise your children. Uh, but whatever your experience has been, we've all been shaped by this. And so if you're not a parent, I just want to encourage you, this is not your time to check out and not pay attention because I really believe that we all have a part to play in the growth and the development of the children around us. Um, it really takes a village to raise a child. And I know that my own life has been greatly um, affected by the fact that I had other people speaking into my life, other people who mentored me, who poured into me, who invested in me growing up, friends, aunts, uncles, um, parent, my, some of my parents' friends who took the time to invest in me growing up. And I know that I, my life has been forever shaped by their influence. And so um, we really believe as a, as a church community that the, that the church is meant to be multi-generational and we all have a part to play in pouring into and developing the next generation. Um, and not just for their benefit, but we really believe that children have a lot, that, 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 not, that children will actually um, shape our lives as well. We have a lot to learn from them. In fact, Jesus used children as a way, as a model for us to how to have faith. He would say, you know, you should have faith like a child. And so we need to look, learn from children. There's so much that we can learn from them. In fact, I know that as a parent, I have learned my faith has grown and my character has been shaped because of the experience of loving and learning the selflessness of being a parent. Um, and also today is Mother's Day. So this is the one day of the year where we get to be acknowledged as mothers for all the awesomeness that we are. Yes, you're welcome, everyone. Uh, and uh, whether you are a mother, whether you are someone who is like a mother to someone else. I just want to celebrate you today. Um, I've been a mom for a collective 48 years now. Uh, I have three children. One is uh, one turned 18 last fall, and a daughter. She's a senior in high school and is is about to graduate. Go class of 2020. This is quite a unique season for them. Uh, and I also have a 16 year old daughter and a 14 year old son. And I really believe that it is no accident that the experience of parenting starts off with something that we call labor because it is genuinely hard work from the start. We labor and labor. And when I look back, there are so many moments where I felt exhausted. I felt way out of my depth. I felt stressed out. And just like some of those moms in that video that we saw, I experienced moments where I'm just trying to do some of life's 
basic tasks like you know getting dressed and going out or working out or trying to sleep <laughs> there's this picture I want to throw up there I mean this is me I'm just trying just trying to have a nap but you know my kids felt I needed to have a lot of company with all these stuffed animals surrounding me so I mean basic things in life are just challenging when you have children and don't be fooled by people's picture-perfect uh, pictures on their Instagram or Facebook about what it's like to be a parent because in order to get those pictures you don't know what it took you don't know what happened behind the scenes I mean every Christmas photo that we take as a family it, if only you saw all the the ones that didn't get posted and <laughs> uh, I, I just remember this there's I have got I'm gonna throw up a few pictures like this is like this one where um, I don't remember what year this was probably 19, 2007 or something like that uh, but these um you know, we're, this is a picture of, you know, we've got kids covering their faces. We've got kids in tears. Uh, and then the only way to get them to actually smile for the camera is to bribe them. Yes, we did that, parents. We did that with a big, giant box of uh, jelly beans. So it, it's whatever it takes. It's survival. We'll do whatever it takes because we try so hard. But those little guys, they just don't make it easy on us. Parents are stressed out. We are living without much margin and it's really hard. And so this morning I wanna bring you a few tools, a few ideas that I'm gonna call the ABCs of parenting. And hopefully these are tools that could help you like they've helped me to navigate the uh, world of, of, of the home improvement world of parenting. So we're gonna start off with um, what I'm gonna call RA and this is that in parenting it's important that we learn how to adapt to the different seasons of parenting and um, this is something that I picked up when I was in college in a child development course and they were teaching us that um, as a child develops and grows that the parenting style it's helpful if we adapt to what the child needs in that season. Uh, and, and that is a, is a helpful thing. And, and so um, these are different, there's different approaches that we will take when, as a child grows up. And, and so knowing this is actually really helpful so you know how to respond to what's going on in, in your child's life. Um, Proverbs 22 verse six says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. It's so important that we do that training in, that, in those early years. And the first season is um, that we need to adapt our, our parenting to is the discipline years. And those are years zero through five, the discipline years. The, this is the time when we're really instilling in our children that there are consequences for behaviors. And as they get older, those stakes just rise. But when they're young, it's kind of survival mode. We're really just trying to keep them alive. We're trying to keep them from putting things in their mouth that they, that they could choke on or running out into the street and getting hit by a car, or all those sort of things. We're, we're teaching them those things. We're also teaching them just behavioral things, how to manage their emotions, how to handle, um, how to respect, how to, be, how to be respectful, how to be obedient. Um, and um, I, there's the scripture that um, is just a really good guide for us, a wisdom scripture that comes out of the book of Proverbs. Um, and it's Proverbs 13, 24, and it says, Whoever spares the rod hates their children, but whoever loves their children is careful to discipline them. Wow, that's pretty strong, right? To hates their children. Whoever spares the rod hates their children, 
but whoever loves their children is careful to discipline them. I, I like how it's uh, described in this message translation. Um, it says, the refusal to correct is the refusal to love. Love your children by disciplining them. Now that sounds really harsh, but this is this, is this wisdom that, that, that the Bible gives us on how to raise our children, that if we refuse to correct them, it's actually not loving. It is, it's actually the opposite. It is actually um, taking, giving, taking away something that they need, which is to have discipline in their lives. And um, I know that children in these years, they're just like constantly testing where are the boundaries, where are, where are the borders, and sometimes parents can be hesitant to discipline children during those years, um, because in those early years, but I just want to urge you, especially between the ages of like a year and a half to five years old, urge you parents that our main role is to show our children that there's consequences for their behavior and their, for their actions. And I remember some, so many times when we were in those those years with our little ones, um, when they were young, it was really hard. And there were so many times where I wanted to give in because it would have been so much easier just to give them what they wanted, right? It would have been so much easier to not follow through and actually discipline them. Um, but and not, but, but we, they need to learn that there's consequences for their behaviors. They need to know where the boundaries are and they need to experience what it's like to honor their mom or dad or whoever's who's parenting them in that, in that time. Because without that, they will take disrespect in other areas of their lives. They won't learn how to, to honor and respect people in authority. They won't know how to treat others. And um, in the, the time to do that is in those early years. And that's not to say that you're not doing discipline in the other seasons of their lives but uh, later on. But if we do the hard work of doing discipline in those early years, then you're not going to need to do much of it later on. And, and um, but it's a lot harder to discipline. Um, when we had our first, after we had our first, we thought we were pretty great parents, actually. We were, we, uh, we, our first didn't give us such a hard time with it. I mean, she was pretty, um, just her personality was very much like wanting to always uh, follow the rules. Uh, she's more of a rule follower. But when we had our second born, all of our theories on our great parenting kind of went out the window. Uh, we had a child who... Uh, how do we say? I mean, she just she was like always trying to figure out where the limits were and how she could basically burst through and get what she wanted. And uh, I mean, we had this like really simple rule that we had with her, like, hey, don't touch the light switches. But here, here's a photo of our our second born Elise when she was probably about two years old. You know, finding a way to touch those, um, finding a way to to touch those light switches. And, and so, you know, we were constantly having to, you know, to help her know where those rules are. And sometimes the stakes were pretty high. Like the one time when our oldest had a fever and needed to have some Tylenol to help her fever come down. And it was this bubble gum flavored Tylenol, children's Tylenol, whoever decided that was a good idea. Wow, um, it made it hard at our house because the oldest wanted, you know, needed to have the, the Tylenol, but Elise, who was two, was not sick and so but she saw her sister have bubblegum Tylenol and she was like I am determined to get that bubblegum Tylenol and so she um even though we you know we were really firm in letting her know like this isn't good for you this isn't this is we we want to keep you from doing this we put it way high up in the top kitchen cabinet with a child proof lock on it um she found a way to you know find a way up the cabinets up to the onto the countertops up into the top cabinet opening up the child proof 
Tylenol bottle, which I still don't know how she did it, drank the entire bottle of Tylenol, and we ended up having a pretty horrible day uh, at the hospital where she had to drink that charcoal stuff and nearly had to have her stomach pumped. So uh, she definitely had to learn the hard way that there's consequences for your actions. But um, uh, I hope we don't think, have to get into situations like that where things that, where the stakes are pretty high. But if we put some strong boundaries in place when, they're, when our kids are young, uh, it really does help us as we get to the next stages along the way. Um, so, that, so then when they get past five, five to 12, we move into another stage and that is the training years. And so we have to adapt our uh, parenting to this new season, which we call the training years. That, that's kind of ages five to 12. And this is where we're beginning to put a why behind the what. Reasoning with them a little bit, explaining to them that, you know, the, a nine-year-old's probably their favorite word is why. They want to know how the world works. They're trying to figure those things out. And you're still doing some discipline going into that. But hopefully if you've built a really strong foundation in those earlier years, you're, there's less of that. And it's more training. It's more helping them see how you do things. And it's really important in those years to have really close proximity, be close, be spending time with them because during those years, you are the kid's biggest influence. The biggest influence before a child is 12, the parents are the biggest influence in that child's life in most cases. And so don't miss out on that time because it doesn't last forever. Um, eventually, their bigger influences are their friends as they go into those teen in later years. Uh, but they're watching you. They're watching how you live your life. They're watching how you practice your faith. They're watching how you do your work, how you take care of, how you relate to people, how you handle conflict. They're watching you. And so be aware that you're training them by your close example uh, and how you live your lives and allow them to have access to your life, allow them to be able to see how you live because they are watching and they're learning and you're training them along the way. Um, when then we, and then we move into the next season, which is the coaching years. This is years 12 to 18. Uh, the coaching years, we have to then adapt our leaders, our, our, um, our parenting with them because we are now kind of standing on the sidelines like a coach, okay? Less of the training and more of the coaching. Uh, and we're there coaching them along. They're learning to make decisions on their own. And we're watching them, but we're also, sometimes we have to yank them off the field and give them a pep talk, but we're really coaching on the sidelines. We're allowing them to make the decisions and them to learn through the consequences of their choices. They're, they, and this is sometimes hard to do. Parents, sometimes we want to be the ones that like, you know, make all the decisions for them. But so much of their learning is by actually making those decisions on their own. And um, I mean, a lot of the time we're just, we're just, um, coaching, we're, we're connecting rather than correcting their behavior during that season. Um, and, um, you know, not as much uh, correcting as going on. Now, if you didn't discipline in the, um, in the discipline years, um, and then you end up disciplining in the training years, and if you didn't end up disciplining or training um, then in the coaching years, then your kids are your kids are in middle school and high school, and your and your disciplining during the coaching years are going to cause your kids to shut you down. They're going to shut down. They're not going to listen to you. Don't remember what it was like when you were in high school. Remember what it was like. How did it work for you when your parents tried to bring in discipline during those high school years? Didn't work so well, right? Um, if, if it didn't work for you when you were a teen, it's probably not going to work 
for your team. And so if um, this is, this, it's not that you don't discipline during those years, but it's gonna look a lot more challenging during the coaching years to, to, to have to bring in the heavy rules and try to help them understand the consequences for their actions. The stakes are a lot harder then. That's why I just wanna urge you, especially those who have young kids, uh, you know, make sure that you're doing that in those in those early years and those just in those uh, discipline years, because um, then we move into the next season. And the next season is the we adapt our our parenting to the friendship season, and that's the years 18 and plus. And we're just barely getting into that season now with our our oldest who just uh, who's just 18 now. Uh, and this is where you know uh, the majority of our coaching and training and disciplining is really over. And she is now trying to figure out how to proceed as she becomes the person that God's called her to be. Um, we're still there. Believe me, we're still there because you know someone's got to still pay for a lot of things. And she's always calling. She's definitely going to be uh, still in our lives as far as money is concerned but but uh, but uh, but our role kind of changes and we get to have what is what becomes a beautiful friendship and so um, our our parenting changes we're not going to be as directive as we were in those earlier years telling her what to do because it's really up to her to now make some of her own decisions and, li and live with the consequences of those choices uh, we're still there to guide her and and be there to love her um, and it becomes a, it, it, our relationship shifts into a different kind of friendship and so, um, so that, those are the, some of the four stages that we uh, adapt our uh, parenting to. Um, and B is this next season, and this is where we wanna encourage you to behold their uniqueness. We're gonna behold the fact that each child is made completely unique. Uh, boy, I don't know if you, with our three children, they are just all so, so different. And I love that God loves that diversity. He makes them so unique. Um, Psalms 139 verse 14 says, I praise you for you are fearfully and wonderfully made. I praise you, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Each of us is made so uniquely. We have a purpose that's unique. We have gifts that are unique. It's we're not that's we're not all the same, and we're not all made the same way. We're all our personalities are different, our passions are different, our interests are different. And part of our role as parents is to try to discover who these children are, who that God's made, who who these children are, and help to bring out the best in them and help them to discover the life that God has for them. And so I just want to encourage you to to try to cultivate those things, try to give them opportunities to discover those things. And as we do, be careful not to try to project what you want their life to be onto them. Um, there's nothing more painful than a parent who uh, is basically just trying to make a, a copycat of themselves into their child. You know, maybe they're, maybe your child isn't going to grow up wanting to eat the same things as you or interested in the same kinds of things as you or maybe they don't support the same football teams as you or interested in the same kind of sports or whatever. Um, each kid is going to be so unique and it's so important that we allow them to become the people that that they are and accept them for who they are and behold who God has created them to be. Uh, and also, each of, as, as each child is unique, it's so important that we don't compare them to each other. Comparison can be so divisive and so hurtful and painful to a child. And so, um, you know, it, it's, it's uh, um, we, we have three kids and they're so unique and we have to be really careful not to uh, create comparison or competition between them that will make one feel like they're not 
measuring up to the others because they are so unique and the standards are different uh, for each of them. And comparing is um, comparing can be really, really hard. So I just want to encourage us as parents to just try to discover who they are. Behold the unique, um, the new, unique creation that God has has created them to become. Uh, and now we're, C is our last point here, and this is where we want to encourage you to create a culture of trust. Um, so this is something that we've really tried to build in our home uh, because we feel like it's kind of one of the foundational cultures that we want to have in our home. Um, and when because when you trust your children, you you can give them more freedoms. You're not so. Uh, fixated on whether or not they they follow all the rules because you tr you you trust them and you know their heart is that they want to honor you um, there's a scripture ephesians 6 1 through 3 says children obey your parents in the lord for this is right honor your mother and father which is the first commandment and with a promise so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth so isn't that cool that there is there's this commandment that comes with a promise that when you honor your mother and father, it will um, it'll go well with you and you may enjoy long life on earth. Um, uh, so we want to create a culture in our home where honor is actually almost more important than obedience because we know that when we have a culture of honor, then we don't really need to have a whole lot of rules. We know that we can trust our kids and we know that, that we've created a place that's safe where they can be honest about who they really are with us. Uh, and so to help explain this, I just want to invite my uh, middle child, who I've heard, you've seen a few pictures of her already today. Let's welcome Elise Harfield, 16 years old. Welcome Elise, thanks so much for uh, for joining mom up here yes, on yes. Mother's Day. This is a special treat. I'm a real life child. You are a real life child. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, Elise, I just thought it'd be great, um, and I'm so appreciative that you are willing to do this with me. You're a great sport. Um, mm -hmm. But I wanted to be able to, to share a little bit more about wh what it's like to have, to create a culture of trust in our home. And so, um, just wanted to see from your perspective, what what is it like, um, like I know that we, uh, one of the things that's been important to us and our family was being honest. Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit about like what a big deal that is. So you always said not to lie because that was like the big thing going behind you was always like like worse than what we actually did and no matter what we do you're never gonna stop loving us like it's never gonna like hinder our relationship in that way. Um, so it was always like Big that we shouldn't lie to you. Yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah, so one, one of the things we've always really tried to encourage you guys is, you know, like it's like it doesn't matter what you did. Like, I mean, mm -hmm. obviously we, we don't want you to disobey, but I would rather you tell me the, the total truth about what happened. Yeah. Are you ordering my box better? Yeah, oh, thank you. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, it, I, you know, it's better. It's, I would rather you be honest about stuff than mm -hmm. for you to hide things. And then eventually I'm going to find out anyway. Right. Yeah. But I don't have to spend so much time trying to like hunt for the truth. Mm -hmm. uh, and I really wanted you to feel safe that you could talk to us. Yeah. Um, what would you say, what, what advice would you give to parents who might be watching uh, about what would make it easier for their kids to be honest? Um, it's, 
it's easier to come to you about like an issue that I have or like something that I want to share if you don't freak out when I say it. Like if I come to you and you're like raising your voice at me or like I know that you might get mad, then I'm not going to want to share anything. I'm not going to tell you what is like going on. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I have a lot of friends who like, like they'll do something and they'll be like, oh, if my mom finds out, she's going to kill me or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's just don't freak out. Okay, <laughs> hear that, parents? Don't freak out. So basically, we gotta we gotta have a pretty good poker face then, because sometimes <laughs> we hear things we don't want to hear, and um, it's important for us to uh, to create a space where you feel safe mm-hmm. to be honest and tell us what happened. Has yeah. that ever happened to you? Yeah, I mean, like like I like I broke my phone like too many times to mention, oh, and uh, yeah. like whenever it would happen, I was like, oh, do I tell them? Like. I don't know how they're going to react to it. Like, it might make my whole life terrible because I won't have a phone anymore and then no one will pay for it and life is bad. So just just don't freak out if something is to happen. Don't freak out. Yeah, I mean... I mean, phones are kind of big things, but they're certainly <laughs> bigger things, too. Yeah. And I want you to be able to t- be feel comfortable talking to me about the big things in life. Uh-huh. And, um, and I, mm-hmm. I want you to feel safe. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's a... That's a pretty big one it's, if I can't come to you about the like small things in life I won't come to you about the big things so yeah um, yeah and so uh, the other thing is like I mean I want to give you freedoms mm-hmm. right but what would kill that like I, you know what would, yeah. what would make it what would make it hard for me to give you more freedom it's always been like a balance like the more that like, the, you trust me more, I'll get more freedom out of that. Mm-hmm. So, like, me lying to you would, like, make me have less freedom. Like, if I'm staying out, if you tell me to do something and I don't, like, do that, you don't, then you won't trust me as much and you won't give me as much freedom. Right, right. So, yeah, so that's been a big deal in our home is just wanting her to, to I want to give her freedom, but I can, your freedom is basically up to you how much freedom you get. Mm-hmm. The more I know I can trust you, the more freedom you get, the less we have trust. Because trust, really tr- trust uh, is so foundational, but um, that it's also, um, if I know that you honor yeah. your mom and dad, um, that then I know that you're, you know, we don't really need to have a ton of rules because I know that the most important thing is is that you, you want to do what's right yeah. in our eyes. And... Um, mm-hmm. Like and the, I don't, the I don't have to, like, put a bunch of rules in place so that you can just, like, you know... Like, follow them, like... Well, I mean, we have rules. Yeah. We have rules, but it's not... It's... it's. Uh, I follow them because I want to respect and honor you. Like, because that's the, my motive for, like, like following the rules. Great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and, and actually, that's, that's... I think that's really a principle that God has in our mm-hmm. lives. I mean, He definitely is... He, he wants us to obey. Yeah, he wants um, us to be fearful of him. He mm-hmm. wants us to be fearful of him. But uh, and, and really, as we honor him, we want to follow the rules because we love him and we yeah. want to honor him. And so I think that, um, that is a, that's a great principle for parenting. It's also a great <laughs> principle for how we, um, how we view God and how we respond to him. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for... Uh, for giving that, that's really, really helpful insight uh, about parenting. Very helpful.
<laughs> it's great. Um, and so, um, so yeah, so I just wanted to kind of review that. Um, so those three things, uh, adapting your parenting to the season that they're in, beholding the uniqueness that they are, which we have a lot of uniqueness right here, and C is to creating a, a culture of trust. And so these are just a few things that I hope will be helpful for you, uh, for all of us as we are navigating the world of parenting and the joys uh, of motherhood. The <laughs> joys of motherhood. And so um, as we close out our service today, we have a song that we want to share with you. And this is a song that we believe is God's heart uh, to give to 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 be with us, his promise that he is with us, this promise that he um, he goes before us and he offers his blessing to us. And so as we prepared the song earlier, we wanted to sing the song over us as a church to, uh, to, to sing a blessing of hope and encouragement to all of us here. Um, and, and for those of us who are parents, knowing that you are not alone, that God sees you, that he is with you, and he empowers us to be the parents that he's called us to be. So let's... Uh, Let's receive that today.